Hi, Steve Arnberg here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us today. And by us, I mean Dr. Jill Hubbard and J.J. West. And we're just we're grateful that you will trust us with your phone calls. And you can call us at one 800 229 You know, it's amazing what a phone call will do for your day and for the rest of your life. And this could be the first step in that right direction. You know, I love the wisdom. Um, you guys hear me say this almost every day now of our co-hosts. They bring so much to the table, literally and figuratively. And today, JJ, I'd love to hear what's on your heart and what's on your mind. Well, thanks, Becky. <clears throat> you know, what's What's been on my heart and mind this week, a friend uh, who's an author that I respect greatly uh, posted on social media earlier this week this quote that says, one of the main differences between me and God is that God never thinks he is JJ. And uh, <laughs> that idea, that concept just floored me, right? Uh, yes. You know, that, like, uh, you know, that, because uh, I started thinking about, you know, how how often I think that I am God, uh, and then what that does, how that plays out in my life, and that, you know, it when, I'm, when I think I'm God, I trust in my own resources instead of trusting in Him. I rely on my own resources instead of relying on Him. And I also, I also don't trust Him for the future. I mm. trust myself to figure things out which leads me so often to sinful choices because I'm thinking that this is all this is this is all that is in front of me. This is all I get, and I'm not trusting that he is good and that he. It reminds me of the uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman song "God is God and we are not." And you know, yeah. he says, I can only see a part of the picture he's painting. Right, like. I don't see it fully, and so when I make choices, it's so short-sighted, and that's what often Mm -hmm. gets me in trouble. Well, J.J., I think you were reading my mind on the way driving in here today, and it's pouring down rain here, and I I have a hat over my ear things. It probably looks ridiculous, but... um, um, I was praying that very thing. Okay, Lord, just tell me to stop, like get out of the way and your will be done. Right. Um, and how, even though, okay, when you say it out loud, of course we all know we're not God, but through our actions is where it plays out. Right. Mm. So it's Mm -hmm. not what we Mm -hmm. know. Um, it's that what we know and what we do don't match. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It's the, it's it's bringing that theology from from that, that eighteen inches from my brain <laughs> to my heart and yes. how I live, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you know what's powerful about challenge. that too is that we say that we believe in God and that we are followers of mm-hmm. God, and yet in those times of confusion where we think we are God, <laughs> that's where a lot of our trouble mm-hmm. begins, right? I mean, it's just that. It, and mm-hmm. how do we trust Him more? Even in those times where we're waiting, I, I was just reading um, about uh, when the children of Israel crossed through the Red Sea. It was only about six weeks later that they started second guessing. Now, wait a minute. We could be eating leeks and onions. We didn't, you know, we didn't have to go through all of this. 
And it's funny because that's what we do. We don't recognize where God has already worked in our lives. And then when we're in a struggle, we want to take that control back and literally want to go back into Egypt. And, you know, we it was better back then. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Thank you, right. JJ, for right, clarifying exactly. that you are not God. And yeah. sometimes we get confused about and that as well. Neither are we. <laughs> we are going to, yes, we are going to be taking calls. 1-800-229-3000. We want to hear from you. And uh, we appreciate the opportunity to connect you with the help that you might need. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I was thinking that I might hear from Steve. Terry, let's go ahead and listen to uh, that New Life moment from Steve. I'm Steve Arterburn with a New Life moment. What's more dangerous, a lie or a half-truth? Without a doubt, it's the half-truth. John F. Kennedy said, The enemy of the truth is very often not the lie, the deliberate, contrived, and dishonest, but the myth, persistent, persuasive, and unrealistic. Despite the common perception that we're a people come of age, our culture remains inundated with half-truths, modern myths most people believe implicitly and become offended when called into question. Here are just a few examples. People at heart are basically good. The world's getting better. Technological progress is the key to our happiness and well-being. We love these myths because they give us hope, yet that's precisely why they're so dangerous. They keep our hope securely misplaced, that is, on something other than Jesus Christ, our only true hope. For help in recognizing and combating myths, visit newlife.com. I'm Stephen Arterburn, and thanks for listening to this New Life Moment. I always love to hear from Steve um, in these new life moments. You know, they're classics, but, you know, it's funny because this one, we didn't know what you were going to talk about, JJ, and here he is talking about lies and half-truths, and isn't that a lie that we think we're God? So it was like a full circle moment on Mm -hmm. that one. But I just love um, to hear those classic moments where Steve shares his wisdom. We're going to go ahead and go to the calls. We are taking calls at 1-800-229-3000. And we're going to talk with Lucy, who's calling us from Rockville, Maryland, listens on WAVA. Hello, Lucy. How can we help you today? Uh, Yes. um, I have a young couple that um, have come to live with me and... um, the young girl, she is my second niece, uh, cousin, I'm sorry, and the husband, uh, he's 22, so they're both about 22, and they're staying with me, and I guess um, we didn't speak about boundaries and stuff, and I think that's where we go wrong uh, when we host someone in our house. Um, so my question is... Um, I mean, I do need I do need to sit with them and uh, give them some boundaries, but I, don't, I just don't see them uh, moving too much. Uh, the young girl, she is going to be starting a job. There, this is the third week they're with me, and the young guy is saying that he's not going to work in anything that he doesn't like. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I would suggest him maybe to be a waiter or helper or something. But I just don't see them moving too much. And then I see trash uh, that has not been taken. And for sure, yes, I, do, I know I do need to sit and talk to them. 
But I just wanted to please um, to get a little bit of help from you. That, that's a good uh, question to ask, Lucy. It mm-hmm. can be hard to deal with um, fish yep. and company after three days. So, yeah. Jill, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jill what true. would you say? Well, and, and Lucy, I, I love your heart of wanting to help. I mean, at 22 and they're, they're married, mm-hmm. you know, they are very young and aren't really established yet. But now that they've been there a few weeks, I think it's never too late to say, you know, let's talk about how things are going. You've had a few weeks to settle in, and now probably is a good time to talk about what each of our expectations are. And the hard part is when you're doing a favor for someone, it's and then they're not doing things that you think they ought to be doing, um, it it makes it tricky because you. I think it's important for you to define what is it that you're giving to them, right? It sounds like you're giving them a place to stay, and then what are right. your expectations? Are they to pay rent, right? What are the things that that you are getting in return, or? is part of the agreement for them staying there. I mean, they may have the notion, oh, you have plenty of space and plenty of resources and they get to just stay there and have kind of a cushion and take their time in doing things. They may not realize that you had a sense, a greater sense of urgency, like I'm helping you now get, you know, get to it. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, what would you, yeah, what would you offer? I oh, mean, go ahead, Lucy. Um. You know, it's an apartment actually, so it's a two bedroom. And um, I I did tell them, you know, you're not going to be a guest. You're now going to be staying for uh, until you find a job. And you know, so I'm not charging them any money. I'm not asking them to give me any money. But I did say you need to take care of your like cooking. I'm not home all the time, so I do expect for you guys to you know do your stuff. And they are cooking, and they are you know, cleaning after themselves uh, halfway, not perfect, but anyway. But I just, I was expecting them to maybe take the trash or vacuum or do something, but I just don't, Mm -hmm. they're too comfortable. Mm -hmm. They're just, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and Lucy, it's your home. You are aware right. of those tasks. Lots of 22-year-olds right. are perfectly happy, you know, not washing their sheets for three months. Um, they don't notice, you know, probably don't even know how to use a vacuum, right? I think you might right. have to say, here's some things I'd like you to help with. Right. JJ, yeah. can you weigh in on this? Yeah, I would uh, just add to what Jill's already saying, which is, First of all, Lucy, agreed. Uh, so glad that you have this generous heart. Uh, secondly, uh, it sounds like you did do some. You you yeah. set some expectations, like, hey, I expect you to cook for yourself, and hey, I expect you to go look for work. So those are good. It sounds like now we need to have a follow-up meeting. And, you know, all families do this, and right now you kind of have this, this you know, hodgepodge family, right, um, that you have these these family meetings to say, hey, we need to follow up on some things. I need to make some other expectations clear. But they might also have questions or things that they want to bring up as well. And so you have you have an opportunity to do that. But, you know, to be able to say, hey, I I didn't realize maybe beforehand or, or I should have brought this up earlier, but here are some things that are important to me, like mm-hmm. uh, you cleaning up after yourself. So 
you know, once a week or once every other week, can we run a vacuum? Can you please pick up your, your dishes after you're done? Those sorts of things. And you can even say things like, since you're staying here for a brief time while you're finding work, I do expect that you are actively looking for work. Now, obviously, you're not going to dictate what kind of work, but you would have the expectation totally within your, you know, rights as the homeowner to say, I expect you to be looking for work on on an active, in, well, in an active way. Well, and, and Lucy, you did say they could stay until they found work. I don't know. That yeah. might be a message of, well, we don't want to hurry up because we have a place, right? <laughs> that's exactly what the, yeah, that's exactly the husband seems to yeah. be playing games and he's very relaxed. Uh, mm-hmm. It is cold, it's mm-hmm. winter here, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just really surprised because I actually don't see him moving. She found a job and she's already working this mm-hmm. week, but um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see him going anywhere and uh, my uncle suggests that I tell them well you have until March 20th to mm-hmm. um, be out but I just don't want to be that rude or I feel well, but but I think them. I think there does need to be an end date though Lucy it's not okay. rude I think you need to say that my uh, okay yeah. my expectation was that it would take you two months to find a job at at the longest right or okay, something, right. right? You know, give some kind of per- parameter. Like, what were you thinking in terms of how long they would be staying with you? Okay. Well, I and I also have another way to look at this too, Lucy. Um, it this is about how you are feeling inside. So mm-hmm. when we talk about mm-hmm. boundaries, a lot of times we're shocked that people take advantage of us. It's and that's what you're feeling right now. It's like mm-hmm. I'm giving you a place to live, and I, you know, I'm glad to help out. And you're kind of presuming on my generosity, but but yeah, you just said I, something. They that, even wanted to use my car, and uh, I, sure. did, I let them sure use my did. car a couple of times. But then I said, "No, you're not in my insurance. I don't want to take uh, risk." Right. So uh, right. I'm not. But I want to go back. And, I want to go back I am to what you stressed. I know you're feeling stressed. You feel yeah. like you're going to be rude. You're mm-hmm. going to feel. And so one of the things mm-hmm. when we start to set boundaries is we have to do that internal inspection and say, wait a minute, what, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, am I being rude? Like, how am I being rude? And, and that it's so funny because we judge ourselves so harshly and, you know, JJ and Jill, mm-hmm. you guys both know that when we're talking about setting boundaries, mm-hmm. a lot of times we think we're going to set the boundary and the other person's going to go, yes, I will do exactly what you've <laughs> asked me to do right. and more. Right. And what you just said, Lucy, is I thought you could use my car. And then you're like, no, 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 you're not using my car. And you use the insurance as the boundary line for you, which is a valid boundary line. Well, and Becky, what you're saying about for Lucy to look at, Lucy, how are you feeling? So again, with the car, it was uncomfortable for you. So then you were able to say no. So really, just as a reminder, the boundary is for you. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? You can't control them. You can't make them do something. But you can tell them, this Mm -hmm. is what works for me and this doesn't. JJ. Right, JJ. Exactly. Okay. And then I would I would want to challenge one one thought. Lucy, would you say that that Jesus was unkind? No, I, I mean I am um, I want to as a Christian, I want to welcome them. I want to love them because mm-hmm. uh you know, it's sad because right, the, right, right. But, but, the, but, but, the, 
but we would we would we would both say that Jesus was kind, correct? Yes, yes. But he was also okay. and Jesus mm-hmm. and Jesus set boundaries all the time. Jesus set boundaries yes. with the rich young ruler. He set boundaries with the disciples. Uh, he set boundaries with the Pharisees. He set boundaries all the time. Setting boundaries is not unkind. Setting boundaries yeah. is a healthy way to practice good self-care and self-protection, uh, but also to to let people know <clears throat> that you have a uh, a certain way that you expect to be related to, and mm. and that that's not being unkind. That's, no. that's actually a healthy as a healthy way to live. So so I want to just I want to challenge that paradigm because I think that too often we do believe that if I set a boundary with someone I'm somehow being unkind to them, I'm being mean to them, uh if I don't just let them do everything they want to do and it's just it's it's a it's a it's an unhealthy paradigm that gets us in trouble and people end up taking advantage of us because of that. Well, and boundaries preserve relationship. Because not setting a boundary, or here you've let them into your house, and now it's like you're beholden to them, you will eventually resent them, and then it will come to you kicking them out or it being um, unpleasant, right? So to avoid that, setting the boundaries preserves the relationship with your cousin. Well, you know, I think that um, we're going to send you a copy of Boundaries. It's the classic. Mm -hmm. And um, and it is one step at a time, Lucy. You have been very generous with your 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 home and everything, your intention. But I think this is a good way to get started in the right direction for mm-hmm. uh, your family connection. Thanks for calling. We're going to go back to the calls. You can call us one eight hundred two two nine three thousand. We're going to talk with Steve, who's calling us from Dallas and listens on Sirius XM. Hello, Steve. How can we help you today? Good afternoon. I've got a question about a relationship with my father, and uh, he is aging. And uh, recently, uh, we uh, moved him into an independent living facility. Um, He's in his mid-80s. He was anxious to go at first, and uh, even last week, he fell on the floor, couldn't get up, Mm -hmm. slept on the floor until the next morning when he could crawl and pull the emergency cord um he now wants to go back to where he was living across the state and Mm. uh told me he can do what he was doing there just equally here uh Mm. so how do i lovingly deal with this because this is really for his health his safety and well-being well it's very difficult time i know uh you can hear the music, Steve. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and answer your call. But it, there's so many people who are taking care of aging parents across the country, across the world. Um, the greatest generation and the boomers are aging. And it's a, this is a tough thing because you love him. You want to take care of him. And uh, he's thinking he's got a better plan. Well, we'll see what JJ and Jill have to offer when we get right back after this break. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are talking with Steve, who has an aging father who is in assisted living, but 
he thinks he can go back home and live his life the way that he wants to. Um, JJ, let's start with you. How would you uh, direct Steve to deal with this issue? Yeah, so Steve, let me start with uh, just a couple questions. One, do you have power of attorney or is your father able to make all the decisions about his living situation and health care and all of that? Uh, he did grant me power of attorney uh, about uh, three years ago. Okay. And is that holistic or specific to finances or health or something like that? Holistic. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, so obviously it is, it is so hard, as you know, anytime we are trying to care for an aging parent and it feels like the roles get reversed, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the parent is the one who you know, tells the child what to do, and the parent is the one who sets the agenda and makes the plans. And, and now, as his son, you're stepping into the role of having to make decisions for him, and that's, that's uncomfortable and awkward on both sides of the equation. Um, I, I would say two things are important here. One is that as I'm having these conversations that I focus on my expressing my care and concern for him that the, the, so when I'm bringing these things up, it's, you know, not that I want to control your life or make things mm -hmm. easy on me. I'm bringing these things up or I want to talk about these things because I care about you. I'm concerned about your well-being. So I want to focus on that when I'm bringing these topics up. And then secondly, I think it's really important that we take the time to really listen mm -hmm. to the other person and what their concerns are. It doesn't mean that because I listen, I'm going to automatically agree with your conclusion, but I really want to take the time to understand what are your concerns? Why is it that you want to move back to your old living situation? Um, and, and, and in listening to those driving those motivations those those driving forces as i listen it may be that we find an alternative solution that works better than either one that we're each proposing but that we're but i'm listening well enough to understand what it is that is on his heart that he's probably not just wanting to be obstinate uh mm -hmm. and just i don't care what you want son i'm gonna do i'm gonna live my life my way now that may be the case but most of the time, you know there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, hopefully, though, well, he still has some some rational reason for why he wants to. And so to take the time to listen to that, I think, is really important. I think that's important across the board, but especially for an aging parent who may mm -hmm. feel like society and even his family doesn't care about what he thinks or what he wants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that is really important, Steve. And to try to put yourself in his shoes, I don't know how long he's been in this new situation, but it's hard for people as they get older to deal with change. And there may be this desire to go back because it's so different now and there's such a feeling of loss of control over one's life. Mm -hmm. And so you just long mm -hmm. for what feels familiar. So it may not be based in anything that would be necessarily better for him. It's just longing for that familiarity and sense of control. And so in the listening, mm -hmm. allowing him to process 
the the loss right of having to go to you know the loss of his independence and even though this mm-hmm. is still an independent living situation again the loss of everything he's known right and and sometimes we get so anxious cuz it's like okay well they need to stay we need them to do this that we kind of push past that and just make decisions based on what is necessary instead of allowing him the time. And again, like J.J. said, the outcome may still be the same, but he needs to have, you know, people say they need to have their dignity. Well, he, you know, he needs to feel like what he's saying is still relevant. It matters, all the things Mm -hmm. that J.J. was saying. So it may take a little longer but just sitting with him and, and talking, and it may be several conversations. You might not come to a conclusion right away. But take the yeah. sense of the urgency hard, out of it. And the hard part is, Steve, that um, you may have to make a decision that he's not going to like for mm-hmm. his well-being. And I know um, my family, we've just gone through this with my parents, and it was a big upheaval Um And it took about six months for them to get acclimated to their new living situation, Mm -hmm. which is much safer. It is much better care than what they were doing on their own. And I think um, it it is the balance of listening. And also, it's such a weird dynamic because it's your dad who Mm -hmm. has always been the one that took care of you or, you know, those those roles have flipped. And hearing him in a different way um, as the care provider can really flip you around. So it's good for you to have people who have walked this journey, assure you that you're doing the best that you can for him and to not get into the argumentative uh, struggles because he's anxious. He's he's yeah. um, grieving. Um, yeah. And all of us, it's something that we've all got to deal with, uh, whether we have parents or not, we're all going to get older, hopefully, God bless, you know, but it's, it is that journey that we have to take. Well, I'm glad you called, Steve. We're going to send you a copy of the Restoration Bible. Or, or what about Dave's book, book, Living oh, Well, I Finishing Strong? Yeah. Or we some variation that of that? The Bible. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, whatever that title is. Yeah, <laughs> Dave did it well. Thanks for calling, Steve. We're going to continue taking callers. 1-800-229-3000. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. You know, the Intimacy and Marriage Intensive is going to be in Orange County next weekend. JJ, you're one of our presenters along with Laura and myself, Laura Manja McDonald. And, you know, JJ, what would you say to a couple who thinks the weekend wouldn't benefit them? Uh, Well, one, I would go back to our earlier discussion that God is God and you are not. 
Um, <laughs> so you, you, you don't know uh, what the future holds, so you don't know how it might benefit you. Um, but I would say that we see couples coming from all different walks of life, all different places in their, um, in their marriage. So some feeling like they're on the brink of divorce, some feeling like they need a tune up and everything in between. And we've seen God show up and bless those couples mm-hmm. across the spectrum. And so I would say to you, the couple that thinks, oh, I don't know that we'd get anything out of this, um, Oh, you, you, you don't know what you're missing. Um, this is an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to, to really grow, right? To really change, um, to, to look at, especially, especially if you have noticed that you feel stuck in a pattern of relating to one another, like no matter where the argument starts, it ends up in the same place. Boy, mm-hmm. going to this workshop helps to unpack that so you start to see why you end up in the same place over and over. And you can choose a different path. Right. But JJ, some of the couples that I find are resistant to going, it's usually because one or both are afraid. So when you say, but you get to grow, well, that scares some people to death, right? (laughs) It's like they're going to, they've got me there held captive. And what are they going to, you know, try to do? So, do you know, well, and to that point, point, to that point, so, so, to that point, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your point. Oh, I was going to say to that point, uh, yes, growth can be scary <laughs> and it can be hard and it can be painful. But what usually happens with all kinds of growth, whether that's physical fitness, emotional growth, financial growth, when when I'm at the end of the growth and I'm looking back, I go, oh, thank God I made that decision. Yeah, exactly. Oh, thank God I started down go. that, that, that path. And so, yes, there's there fear. Go. I understand that there's anxiety about what this might mean, but I have yet to find a couple who, after the workshop, went, "Man, this was a waste of time." Right? Exactly. Uh, boy, this this, right. this growth was too painful. This was too. Right. This cost well, me too much. No, no, no. What we find over and over <laughs> yeah. and they say this was worth it. Sorry. Right. Go, well, go ahead, Becky. That's all right. Well, I was just going to say, if you're wondering how intimate your marriage really is, we have a quiz at newlife.com that you can take the little assessment. And just see what state your marriage is in. And we would love to help you mm-hmm. along that path. We're going to go back to the calls. We're taking calls, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to talk with Tiffany, whose call is from Dallas. Listen, on KWRD. Hello, Tiffany. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Oh, great. Um, been married, uh, going on 30 years, loving my life. Um, recently, my question is, do I share with my husband my concerns um, that his sister is passive-aggressive, covert narcissist? Um, he is her flying monkey, has no clue that he is. And I just, it's a tangled web. I know about healthy boundaries, wall of pleasantry, all that. I know how to protect myself. But when the manipulation crosses the line, now I need y'all's help and guidance. Okay. Well, Tiffany, let me ask you this. Uh, give us an example of her behavior. If you guys have been married 30 years, this isn't a new relationship, mm-hmm. right? And so exactly. I'm just trying to figure out what's yep. an example of how she's doing this. And an excellent question. And through the years, 
anything I brought up has always been my fault or I misunderstand or she was just kidding or I'm too sensitive, all that. Uh, most recent, and that's what's really uh, spurt, sparked a, a deep concern, is I shared with her a vulnerability that I, I struggled with anger. I've released that and uh, praise God to the Lord, and I, I have a proper place for it in my life. Uh, she lit up like a Christmas tree, and she was so delighted by that and said, well, what would make you angry? And I shared my divorce that uh, my ex-husband had the affair but blamed it on me. And I said, that made me angry, and it took me a while to work through that. And I thank God that he's a God of second chances. Well, I went to the restroom. Well, I came back. I sat down. Now, we're in an airport. I sat down. She looked at me, and she said, oh, and my husband's name, tell me that your mother was attacked. And that's why you're angry. So the time that I went to the restroom and came back, that wasn't enough information for her that I felt comfortable sharing that she had to find out the most intimate, painful time in my life. And so when I brought that up to my husband, he thought I was overreacting and, you know, all. I said, well, she manipulated that conversation. I said, that's a flag on the play and now I have concerns. And he said, well, that's your problem. Why are you making it hurt? And so. So you're, wait, it, let me get this straight, Tiffany. Your sister-in-law manipulated her brother to get more information. Yes. Exactly, and Correct. does that on a regular basis. Yes. Okay, That's okay. The most, well, yes. with, with all you rattled off to begin with, I'm wondering why you allowed yourself to be vulnerable with her. And it, Excellent question. I'm very angry at myself for that. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I've learned right? right on the plane. And yes. And uh, well, here's my deal. I my whole message is that God is a God of second chance. And by me surrendering to Him, He has helped me through my anger. Mm-hmm. And that's hope for everyone. And that's where I was hoping because she's not a believer, and I was hoping mm-hmm. that was where the conversation would go. But to see her response. And she has now narcissistic supply, and she's very good at using that later on. Right. So that's why I'm very uncomfortable with this. Right. But here's the thing. What concerns me is your husband's response to Mm -hmm. you, that he's defending Mm -hmm. his sister instead of, oh, sweetheart, I'm so sorry I didn't realize, or like being concerned about your upset. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, now there's time, I think time we need to get help. Mm-hmm. And my whole, my whole motivation is not to divide the family, which I'm the outside and the scapegoat. I'm the blame. I yeah. get it. Uh, I'm, I've been there. I've educated myself on that. And that's why I'm like, okay, for 30 years, kind of put up with it. But now that this manipulation has crossed to a very painful point in my life, and mm-hmm. I told right. him, I said, just so you know, moving forward, I've been gracious. I've acquiesced. I said, I will come at her hard. I will not tolerate this. But, but then, you know, that's, here's the bad guy. Here's again. the thing, yeah. Tiffany, here's the thing. You don't want to yeah. have somebody decide who you are going to be mm-hmm. in a reactive yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. That is not who you want to yeah. be just because she's that way. Uh, JJ, let's, how can you help Tiffany in this situation? Yeah, I, I would say that Tiffany, rather than focusing on, convincing your husband of believing something about his sister, your sister-in-law, that she's manipulative or covert narcissist or whatever else, right? Rather than focusing on getting him to believe this about her, 
I would instead focus on what you need from him. Mm-hmm. That what you need from him is for him to offer compassion and empathy for you, right? To lean into that when the two of you are relating. So even in this conversation that, that happened in the airport, right? You What you needed from him is for him to say, oh, honey, I'm so sorry that you felt abandoned by me or you felt um, uh, like your vulnerability was taken advantage of or whatever, right? So, so asking him to focus on leaning into empathy and compassion for you, but also that that it's going to be important that he's respectful of whatever boundaries you need to set with regard to if it feels like we're being attacked from the outside, that we as a couple are on the same team. Mm-hmm. Right. That I that I know that you have my back and, you know, I have your back um, as opposed to kind of manipulate, you know, not manipulating, excuse me, trying to trying to figure out a well, way to convince him that that his sister is a certain diagnosis. I don't know that there's a lot of right. um, uh, help helpfulness in that. In that respect. Right. I would like Tiffany, I would not rattle off all the terms to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And like JJ yeah. saying in a trying to convince him way but it is okay to say you know it doesn't work for me for you to share my you know my biggest right. hurts with other people right you know the other part of this too tiffany is that the work that the two of you do together creates that connection that you're talking about jj yeah. and sometimes what you, your heart for all these years has been i want to be jesus to her But what happens is people tell you who they are. You better believe them the first time because you're going to have practice having to deal with them. And now you've had 30 years. No fault on you, but let's move forward. Let's get a better connection in your marriage, which will help you in any interaction with her. And you guys will go closer closer together. I'm going to send you a copy of How We Love. I would invite you guys to join us at the Intimacy and Marriage Intensive next weekend. there. We'll be right back. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. I just want to clarify about Intimacy and Marriage Intensive. It is February 16th through 18th in Orange County, California, whether that's this weekend, next weekend, whenever you're hearing this, <laughs> it's February 16th through 18th. And so just see me there. I want to see you there. <laughs> Joe was telling me I was confusing everyone, so I just want to make sure I was clarifying. Um, we uh, also are in a special series of Life Recovery Today shows. And if you have never checked it out, I would encourage you to do that, whether you think you need recovery or not. You can go to our YouTube channel or you can follow the current one on NRB TV. This morning we sent one up at 9 a.m. about life recovery and it was with Dr. Dave Stoop and we just love his legacy. I love hearing Mm -hmm. from Dave, even though I know he's with Jesus and enjoying his everlasting life. But man, the man had so much wisdom that we can continue to learn from. And so I just want to let you guys know about life recovery today. We are going to go back to the callers, and we're going to talk with, um, let's talk with Leah, who's calling us from Dallas. we got all our Dallas people today, and she's listening on KWRD. Hello, Leah. How can we help you today? Uh, hello. Um, I will try to make this really short. Um, I am calling for some advice to figure out whether 
I'm um, making the the wrong uh, decision or helping advice a sister of mine who has a child. Well, not a child anymore, but um, he's like 21 now. Um, he's been going through like uh, psychosis or schizophrenia. Um, we're not sure yet. Um, he's been going through depression for most of his teenage years and it turned into something a little bit more severe now and uh, it hasn't gone away so we think it's going to be permanent. Mm. Not so long ago we found out that um, my nephews told us that when they were very little, and all the kids were little, um, my nephew who has the mental problem touched uh, one of them inappropriately. And uh, as soon as the children told us, um, even with the problems uh, my nephew was having, got put out. And um, we reported it to the police. Uh, they investigated. Nothing came about because it was like a one-time incident. But the child remembers, so left it at that and we don't want to bring it up with the kids because like it seems like the kids are so 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 ashamed and we just don't want to further traumatize them but we just recently found out that um, my nephew's going to be homeless soon because mm. you know, he's so so ill and since we're not in the picture anymore he's getting sicker and uh, my sister saw him out in the street, and she said, he is not okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what to do. We don't know, do we offer him help? Are we betraying my nephew? Are we, well, what would God want us to do in a situation like this? Because I think for the first time in my life, I really don't know what to do. Gosh, Leah, that is a tough situation. Mm-hmm. It is very tough. Um, Jill, let's start with you. Well, Leah, yeah, it's really tough when you have um, multiple people that you're wanting to help and protect. So it sounds like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're protecting some of the kids from him, and yet you also love and care for him. Um, You said he was out of the house. So why is he currently going to be homeless? Was he staying someplace? Yes, he was. Okay. A friend was helping him. Okay. But he's acting uh, more ill. Odd. Yeah. Yeah. So and, um, this is probably just couldn't take care of him. Yeah. So I, I think stepping in and helping him to access resources, county resources. Um, he has it. He does. He okay. Going, yes. 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 He's okay. Going through MHMR. But okay. Because even even with that, you know the system's broken for people like him. Yeah, but and the, right, right, it is very difficult. However, there are board and cares because I'm assuming he's on disability with his illness. No. Okay, well, mm-hmm. getting him on disability having him live in a board and care where they require him to take his medication. Um, would offer him a stable environment where he could be higher functioning. Well, and 
JJ, I want to hear from you too. We got a couple minutes, but Leah, you, I want to clarify. You said, "Are you going against the family?" Is there? I don't understand that piece of or it. Betraying uh, your nephew. Yeah, I, I look. I'm totally into studying uh, the mind and people and whatnot. And I've heard so many stories where people feel betrayed, and I don't want my nephews to feel betrayed because mm-hmm. I would help him because he. He betrayed their trust in the greatest way. Mm, And uh, we don't know, uh, like, exactly what happened. It's Mm -hmm. like something, it changed. Right, I see what you're saying. And I don't want to push it. She said it was one time. It's like a certainty. We get that. Okay, we're going to run out of time if I don't let JJ talk. I want to hear from you, JJ. How Mm -hmm. can we help Leah in this difficult situation? Yeah, Leah, my heart goes out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so sorry that you as a family are, are facing such a difficult situation. I do want to point out, you said uh, you said he is going to be or is homeless because we are not connected with him anymore. And, and I would mm-hmm. I want to challenge that thought. Um, if If, in fact, he has to be homeless, it's because he is not currently willing or able to live within the rules of whatever the housing situation that he had, whatever those rules were. So he's making some choices. Now, granted, he may not be in his right mind to make the, the most uh, informed or healthy choices, but he's making choices. So he's not homeless because you're not offering him a place to live. Okay, so don't, I don't want you to I don't want you to basically walk around with this false guilt that somehow you're creating this scenario for him. Um, but secondly, uh, this is, there is, you're right. The system doesn't work well for people in his situation. And unfortunately it's probably going to lead to some level of incarceration, whether that is hopefully on the lighter end, like a mental health facility, as opposed to a, you know, a, a jail or, or prison. Uh, let's hope that it's on the on the on you know the first example, not the second. Um, but but if he continues on the path that he's on and he's not properly diagnosed and properly medicated, chances are that he's going to behave in a way that leads to some sort of incarceration. Mm-hmm. I think that for you, and knowing that there needs to be this, as Jill talked about this this added level of care for the the rest of the family as well. You can you can make known to him, hey, we want to offer whatever assistance we can to get you the right resources to take care of yourself, that doesn't automatically mean that you're going to accept him into your home because that would probably put other people's safety mm-hmm. at risk. And that's not, that's not the best thing for the family as a whole. So I would say look for ways that you can help get him to the right resources that, that can help him that would hopefully be more on the side of um, long-term in inpatient care as opposed to, uh, you know, ending up in some sort of incarceration. You know, the hard part about situations like this, Leah, is that you can offer all the care and he still may resist it. We'll be praying for this situation and um, we'll get Mm -hmm. you connected with maybe a counselor in that area. You know, we're so grateful for all of you who are listening. You listen in lots of ways, the podcast, you listen online. And, of course, our faithful radio listeners, thank you all. We're going to continue taking calls. If you're online, hold on. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you 
Take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.